Welcome to another episode of the Motor City Metrics Podcast here at TigersMLReport.com. I am Rohel Lucas. Alongside me is Uper. This should be along shortly. And you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Over on X, Twitter, at MCM Baseball Pod. And we're part of the Believe Network, so please make sure that you leave, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And I mixed, by the way, programming note, there will be an episode. There'll be two episodes this week. I'll load the mailbag from minor league report into this week's episode i i was so i've been working both and i've been working quite a bit and so i felt a little bit of burnout a little not burnout necessarily it's just been kind of it's been kind of hectic around here so i apologize about that but there'll be two episodes will be this week's episode and our mailbag one and we're also going to be probably dropping a podcast based off the international signing so more on that so before we uh, also, I want to give a big, huge thank you to Stan for a donation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. So if you are interested in donating, there's our PayPal link you can donate to. We also have our donate to, we have this right here. We have this right as well. So please donate to the minor league report and we have our GoFundMe as well. So I'll put that link up in there shortly as well. But before we get to all the stuff, this week, the NFL playoffs, the Lions are <laughs> heading to your Green Bay Packers in San Francisco. Yes. So it's an old NFC central rival or feel to the playoffs. And the NBA is in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up to second, all up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering system information at your fingertips at any time. Head there today to re- get in the action, see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive 50% off your welcome bonus and first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So if you have your Lions fan and you want to put some extra money on just the adrenaline rush you're feeling for Sunday, there you go. So, Oh, they're going to take apart Baker Mayfield. Yeah, they are going to, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I think it's, what's what's going to be good about this weekend is, I, I still, I think the Packers <clears throat> might have a chance to win San Francisco. It might, it's slim, but they've been playing so well, they throttle the Cowboys in good. You know, I mean, we're not going to go too heavy in the NFL analysis there, but glad Dallas lost the ball, don't lie, as uh, Big Cass said from Barstool. Well, you know, I think the Cowboys are probably, they, <laughs> They seem like a team that for a long time now has always had a bit of a front runner mentality. So when the Packers jumped on them early, uh, it all went downhill for the Cowboys quick, and Packers just uh, kept piling on. Yeah, and you know what? And and I'm glad. I mean, it was just watching the former Mike McCarthy like, well, <laughs> breathing. Uh, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It was Being, fun. I'm not going to be able to see Saturday night's game, though. It's, we have had long-standing reservations since so my wife's birthday, but that's okay. If if they win, I'll watch the replay. If they lose, I don't want to see it anyway. So, <laughs> did you get a haircut, by the way? Uh, Stan, I want to know if you got a haircut. I did get a haircut. I was I, I was looking like a member of the. I was like the fifth Beatle. You know, I was like basically like uh, Ringo Starr, 1968. I gotta wear. I mean, I'm wearing. I usually wear caps, anyways. But if I don't wear a cap, I look like this, and it's getting out of hand so on the cap i go there you go 
But yeah, plenty but, to get plenty to get to too. I do want there's a couple of ways to go start with the show. Baseball America released Baseball America and Baseball Prospectus released their top prospects list and fared very well for the Tigers. We'll get a little more on that. We'll get into international signings just a bit. Uh, again, some of these players won't see who knows. Time. Yeah, for a long time, but that might be some we see sooner or later. So we'll see that. And then there's also the Tyler Nevin sweepstakes are finally over as he hit the the, the roulette because Chris was every time there would be a signing, Chris was almost guaranteed to say Tyler Nevin, but his number was called today. And we'll get to that a little bit as well. But I did want to start the podcast with the story that came out, I believe it was yesterday. And I think that it, it's interesting. So in a sense that somehow this organization is going to come away unscathed, and that's the Diamond Sports Group, yeah. the regional sports operator for 37 teams. And this story was on ESPN across the NBA, MLB, NHL. Dropped, I mean, humongous. This was yesterday that announcing a partnership with Amazon that, if approved in court, would place local games on Prime Video and allow the company to merge from bankruptcy in a reimagined state. So, what the the number. The number that, pop, that pops out here, too, is it has secured $450 million from creditors to fund a reorganization plan, yeah. plus an additional $115 million provided by a new minority investor in Amazon. In exchange, Amazon would, gain, would have access to all MLB, NHL, and NBA games in which Diamond possesses streaming rights, giving fans nearly 2,000 markets direct to consumer access. So if you have Amazon Prime, well you have a reason to watch it again. I mean, I, I don't really rarely watch Amazon prime, but this is huge. This is huge. Uber. Oh, it's, it, it, it's potentially a sea change in the way we consume sports. Right. And you have a, a system that was kind of dying because people are, are leaving cable. Um, that was in, you know, it was hard to envision what they're going to do. Um, to keep the viewership that they've had, this is potentially a lifeline for them. And it's fantastic, I think. I mean, why not bring a dynamic, large company entity into the picture uh, with, you know, vast money behind them? You know, uh, I think it could work out really well. I'm also interested, is this the day they're able to get everybody in the room and say, hey, we don't need blackouts anymore? Right. I mean, this, if, if there was ever a time to make a massive change that would be very popular, this could be it. Yeah. And you know what? Here's where an OBK brings up a good question, too. The question is, will they charge a premium beyond prime to access this stuff? And if there's any indication, you look at, I think I was reading a story. I believe it was along the lines of possible class action lawsuit with the NFL. Because with everything that's going on with them, too, you have to get the Peacock Network to watch the Lions games this weekend or period. And so there's always these new add-ons. And so it's almost to the point where I, I've always been told, like, you know, oh, you'll never see when you have to pay for sports, pay-per-view sports, pay for the major four. Well, that's ridiculous because if you're a cable cutter, and let's say you have 2B or you don't have regular antenna, is for like so you cannot watch unless you have a regular antenna you cannot watch the games locally. You have to because even like Tubi for example will show alternate programming. They won't show the what whatever game is on, and so I don't think for I think for now they'll lull you with hey Amazon Prime, but then they're gonna have Amazon Prime Plus or something like that. They they, they always find a way to nickel and dime you. And well, for, um, 
Yeah, it's. I've been yeah. paying a, a, a $129 a year for a long time uh, for MLB.com's feed, right? For the whole MLB.tv. So I'm in the demographic who's perfectly willing to shell out a couple extra bucks to get the games on something convenient for me, especially if they do away with the blackouts in some fashion. I'd be 100% in unless it was really cost prohibitive. So, yeah, Chris, uh, we. Uh... I don't know if you heard the part where we're talking about the Diamond Sports Group. I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, right? I saw that that they uh, reached a deal with Amazon for five teams, including the Tigers, right? Yeah, so they they secured four hundred fifty million from creditors to refund their organization plan, plus one hundred fifteen million provided by a new minority investor. So they they're basically walking away just I don't want to say scot free, but unscathed a little bit. Just I'm looking forward to the the Detroit Tigers Jack Reacher uh, crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some of that Amazon Prime content. What else oh, did yeah. Amazon do? They did did they the Lord of the Rings show or was it? Uh... They had the Boys, which is that superhero show. Oh, yeah. So the Jack, Jack Ryan series is pretty good. Yeah, Chris likes yeah. that. Show. Chris quotes that show quite a bit. I'll get a random text from him. Which one? Jack Reacher. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I started watching it with Tara. Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched, you know, as much as I'm in this. Well, I think I'm kind of superheroed out a little bit, but the boys does look interesting, but I could see, I could see a crossover. There could be some numbers cro- crossovers. I mean, really what I watch Amazon Prime for is I have the outside. Of, I mean, <laughs> I used to watch it quite a bit because I had stars streaming on it too as part of the package, but I primarily have like my old cartoons on there like the real ghostbusters you know obscure stuff that i particularly like on there but oh bosh yeah that's a good show that's a good one i haven't watched that i get that yeah, same thing it's on the laundry list of things but i did watch the first episode of true or true detective with jody foster oh. being the lead and that's that's interesting fantastic. you know i watched i watched the very first season of that which was terrific the one with uh Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey it was right, right, part, partially at the beginning of the McConaughey's. Um, and in, in particular, there's one episode that ended with this, this tremendous, like five minute tracking shot, like this uninterrupted shot where they're running through a bunch of different houses with a helicopter. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, but then I heard the second season was garbage, so I never watched another one. I, I just finished uh, watching the second season. Is that the, the one third, with Vince Vaughn? The, the, yeah, yeah, the Vince Vaughn one. I can't take him seriously as a villain, but the third one was a Redemption. But the first season is still one of my favorite seasons of TV ever. That's how good it was to me, at least. Wow. It, yeah, Go check it out. I just, uh, I just watched. Uh, we've, <laughs> apparently, we've had Apple TV for, I don't know, a year. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> my wife had been watching. She so so she watched all of, like Ted Lasso by by herself, and so I, I went back and watched Ted Lasso, which I enjoyed. Although I, f- I felt it was a little bit too too long. Like episodes were like an hour and fifteen minutes. It's like, come on, all right, cut it out, <laughs> uh, knock it off. Then I watched Severance, which is kind of fun. It was very slow, but did you, uh, watch, did you watch all of it? Yeah, yeah. I got to the. I, I thought there was like season. I, I was like, all right, I'm ready for the next episode. Like, nope. I'm like, no. Oh. I was ready for season two, and then, um, but I really loved Shrinking. I thought that show was outstanding. Hmm. The one with um, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. I've been wanting to watch that too. I yeah, we we'll, we'll have to talk about that off off air. But Sever, I, did you like Severance? So that's one of my yeah, I, I did. You know, I, I found it to be really slow at, at first. Like I, I actually fell asleep during several of the episodes. I think it was deliberately like that. And then the final two episodes were very like I was like, oh, let's go. Yeah. And then yeah, 
and now I'm like waiting for season two. So yeah, same here. I, yeah, that's a that's a show I could go on and on about. But so that's okay. So the reason why so Sam wanted to know why the Tigers are landing on their feet from all this chaos in that Minnesota and San Diego is because the Tigers were one of the few that were actually in the black. They were losing money. They were doing pretty well. So the Tigers were the their regional network was doing fiscally responsible. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't pretend to know all the financials behind all this stuff, but but the Padres were certainly spending a lot more money on baseball, and so were the Twins. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it or if it was all behind the scenes. I saw that, like, wasn't the, the initial deal was for, like, 12 teams, and it was rejected on uh, antitrust yeah. grounds, right? So I, I don't know exactly why the Tigers were one of the five that, that made it, but, uh, I, you know, I, I it's fine with me because we yeah. have Amazon Prime, but I, I don't know how many people do have Amazon Prime. Yeah, that was just talking about that too, where the NFL is going through it. Same thing with the antitrust because the, the whole you got to get a peacock prescri- or sub- yeah, subscription. subscription. Yeah. If you do, you can watch uh, McGruber. <laughs> or you can watch old episode of Cheers. I mean, there's I heard... uh, Cheers. Well, great sitcom, Cheers. Yeah. One of the first to have uh, running storylines, right? Yeah. Story oh, sorry, that's on, I think that's on Paramount because that was a Paramount show. I can't, like I said, I, I just so many, I don't know how everybody keeps up with it. So, but there is a, um, okay, well, you know what? We have a informed listener in here too. Ian says, aside from the distribution and access to fans, curious how this impacts payroll. Padres had to ask for a loan and the twins, guardians or angels had cited as an issue why they didn't spend. Well, Cleveland never spends anyway, so it doesn't really matter, but it, but Seattle, Seattle had to reduce spending. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with Seattle too. And um, that's just, that's going to be, that's going to be interesting how that lays out because as, and there was another question too, about Todd was wondering if the Valley sports personnel will have, or no, the Tigers look in judging. There's a couple, there's going to be a couple announcements in the next couple weeks to look out for when it comes to broadcasting and the Tigers have had, they have good plans for it. That's all I'm going to say. And I think there's just going to be a lot of, they've done their homework with what they're doing. I mean, with Jason Benetti coming in and, and Dan Dickerson, they're, they're going to have it. The Tigers are going to set themselves up. Well, they have the final call. And of course, Mr. Illich signs off on everything. So I, I actually heard that verbatim from somebody today. So, mm. but you know, it, it, it's going to be, you know, so cheer, yeah, yeah. I was mentioning it. Cheers is uh, yeah. Thank you, Matt. I was going to say, I, they all blend together after a while. Some of these streaming services, I don't even like. I like right now. I've been watching. I've been watching the. I'm trying to like all of a sudden, watching open, old episodes of Star Trek Voyager, which mm. I, I don't know why I'm doing that because it's boring. Voyager's <laughs> bad. I'm sorry. I all the Star Trek. That's I, I can't. I'm. I'm. You know. Ugh. So, but yeah, yeah. Jason Benetti works for the Tigers. He was hired by the Tigers. Valley's yep. a wholly completely different thing. Oh, by the way, he had a tweet the other night where he was winning. He won the Illinois Broadcasting Award, and he's like, he tweeted out something like, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> There's something to that effect. So you know, he's he's uh, he's a fun Twitter follow. If people aren't already following him on, on Twitter, um, he uh, he also you know responds to stuff from other sports. He was excited about what he saw in the Lions game. He was like, "I can't wait to you know announce in this town," and it was you know it's cool. A way to endear himself to the fan. 
So before the podcast, we were playing. I was playing a little bit of the the newest Detroit Tiger who joined the forty man roster because, as I mentioned, Chris, you're you were been predicting the Tyler Nevin when this was going to be when he was going to go because in the bell tolls in the bell tolls, and today his bell got his bell was told. <laughs> I'm not laughing. By the way, we're not laughing. That sounds really horrible, and we're not laughing at him. He's a paid professional athlete, and he makes more money than I ever will. But that being said, he makes room for the newest Tiger, and it is a right-hander out of the – well, he pitched a little bit all over last year, and Devin Sweet. Now, that's a 70-grade name right there. Right off the bat, right? It is. It is a name. So I'm – Posting his right now, if you're watching us on YouTube, I posted it earlier, and then I'm going to post a little bit of his stuff here. This is later in the season. This is his last appearance before he got called up. And, yeah, Pro's a nice changeup. I think the Tigers, this is a good bullpen move. And I think the Tigers, for the most part, it was mentioning how much they spent this offseason with everything. It's about, I think, $62 million. That's another good fastball. I think the Tigers sure. might be – I think – we're going to see what they're going to have at third bases, whoever's on the roster currently right now, because it's January 7th. It's January 18th. Rather. There's still a lot of names out there surprisingly, but I think I thought by now, at least Blake Snell would be off the, I got that Chris Rodriguez footage coming. Don't you worry. Deadly Ninja bees. I got that coming up too, but there's a, it's interesting where the there's MLB has kind of come to a standstill when it comes to moves. It's been really kind of quiet. And, I, and again, Jordan Montgomery's still out there. There's still names out there, but I think the Tigers might be done. But I like this pickup here, guys. I don't know if you guys watched them pitch at all or anything, but it seems like an arm that they can work with. Well, yeah. when you just look at the numbers, I mean, that's, that's all I know from him on. But he's the type of guy that if he's on the market, every team should be in, in play of, of stockpiling arms in the offseason. Just on the off chance, one turns into Tyler Holton, right? And Tigers had one last year. Doesn't mean this guy will be even close to that, but you know, you 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 take some of the people off the scrap heap, and you know, every once in a while, you find a nugget that really works for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where I just trust the Tigers' pitching uh, development brain trust. If they if they have a if they go after a guy, I'm assuming that there's some stuff there that they can really work with that they like. Uh, and just kind of digging in, yeah, like, yeah, Sweet has really solid minor league numbers in his career. He's been pretty much a reliever the entire time. And he only got a, a couple innings in the big leagues. It wasn't pretty, uh, but it's hard to, you know, judge from that. And, and his pitches have some interesting characteristics. I think you can see from this video we're showing that he's kind of got, I, I think his fastball probably has a, a, a good bit of ride. To it, um, I know it's on righties. Yeah, on righties. You know, it's, it's not like a ton of spin or or like high velocity, but I bet it works uh, better than you'd expect up at top top of the zone. I uh, just got to pop up there, and yeah, he's he's known for having a really good changeup. So, uh, and I think the slider has some interesting characteristics too. So yeah, it's a it's a solid bullpen arm. At the same time, I think he's been on like four different organizations in the last two months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it wouldn't shock me if somebody else comes along and, and the Devin Sweet era is over before it even begun. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was the Tyler Devin just always felt like he was surviving. He survived like a series of roster cuts. And then people were kind of celebrating when, when he was let go. And I don't, I don't like that. 
I don't like that either. Yeah, it's a bummer. I like, I, and, and it's not like Tyler Nevin was actively hurting the Tigers. I mean, he played probably a little bit more than he should have, but it's not on him. They gave him a chance, and it didn't work out. So, I'll be interested to see if uh, you know if anything comes of Devin Sweet. It is, as you said, a seventy great name. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, especially he's currently he's going to be on the forty man roster. So he could start the season in Toledo. He could be, who knows? I mean, but it's, it does give the Tigers another arm to work with. And again, it's, yeah, here's where, and he, but this kind of brings up the names that are left out here in the market Montgomery, Snell, Bellinger, Chapman, Hader, Kershaw, Belt, Martinez, Solaire, who, by the way, played in a game last, I think it was, was a couple days, maybe it was a couple days ago in Miami with a bunch of other, uh, Hispanic players as they were playing Miami Day Community College. And I was jealous for two reasons. One, 1,400 people showed up, which is a really good crowd. And two, it was 80 degrees. Meanwhile, meanwhile, here, it was the throws of winter where it was minus four at some point around. And today, it, yeah, so. I saw a, a fun weather report where it was, it was like 80 in Miami, but like 30 in the panhandle. And it was so cold in, in Florida that they were issuing a, a falling iguana alert. Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess if it gets cold enough, they just kind of collapse yeah. and fall out of trees and, and they tell people, Hey, just leave them alone. They're okay. They're not dead. <laughs> like, wow. All right. So yeah, interesting, interesting weather these last couple of weeks. But I think, yeah, in general, I think we've reached that point where it's kind of a game of chicken now. I did I did hear some or see some scuttlebutt about the the Astros maybe going after Hader, uh, which would be a big name. But I I, I think it's uh but teams have gotten to this point and they're willing to wait out these these free agents to see if they're going to take something less than their market value. And free agents, uh, I think, for the most part, are saying no, uh, which, you know, good on them. We'll see what happens. I think I'm, I still expect a, a, a small flurry of movement here in the last couple of weeks before pitchers and catchers report. And then and then we'll start seeing all the the kind of the guys, the, the fringe players, the Spencer Turnbulls, if you will, you know, taking – maybe a minor league invite or a minor league deal with an invite to spring training or a one-year deal and things like that. I think those will kind of come uh, pretty heavy and, and it, you know, maybe a week after the bigger deals are done. But yeah, it's right now it's just kind of, like I said, game of chicken. It'd be fun if Turnbull goes to the White Sox and ends up facing the Tigers. <laughs> It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, that would be, I, I love that. I would love that irony. By the way, it's funny. I'll be, so I'm continuing to write for fan-sided and I'm actually going to write for the White Sox blog every once in a while too. So, hmm. but um, yeah, there's just, that's yeah. I'm just gonna I, I wanted to add that caveat because the White Sox is an organization you fascinate me. But uh, yeah, you, so. you can you can start the rumor. Yeah, Turn well, rumor to White Sox. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's so funny too. Like you think that with all these teams that quote unquote need pitching, that you would expect some sort of activity and it hasn't been the case. So I, 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 again, I, I don't know. It's, it, it's Stan wanting to know about all these. Go- I, I think it's a little bit of, yeah, a, a humongous game of chicken as Chris said, but it's also, I don't, I don't remember this being, I don't know. I'm trying to not do like re- remember when, but it seems like this is one of the later off seasons where we don't see this, um, There's kind of like a glut of second tier free agents, right? They're not, with the exception, if you want to say Snell and Hater, right? These are kind of that next tier of guys. I mean, you know, these aren't Corey Seegers and that kind of thing. 
So I don't know. Are teams just thinking they can develop their own guy and they don't need to go that route? Or, you know, are these guys, I'm sure they're all going to get deals, but they're just not being pursued. It's very interesting. You know, what's interesting, by the way, is next bit of news is the Tigers uh, do the whole entire international free agent signings that took place, signing period took place over the last, I would say, week or so. And it, some, some of these signs go back a while anyway. So, but there's one name that the Tigers are tied into, and it's for once, the Tigers are f- favored to have a big name involved in this. And so, I'm not sure if you guys can hear the. I got five on it, so I don't want to. I have to mute that because I don't want the, the YouTube people. Yeah, I can hear it. Okay, all right. Well, I'll have to, I'll mute that. But yeah, this is Chris Rodriguez, who looks like a beast. Uh, now, this, video, by the way, courtesy of Tigers Turmoil. Who, if it wasn't for them this week, I think because we haven't had really I mean, in terms of uh, keeping up on stuff. I props to those guys for doing a good job with this. But yeah, this kid looks really good. Again, this is just against local competition, but for his size, for his age, yeah, something to get excited for. Can I say the dumbest thing we'll say all night? What's that? That looks like Ronald Acuna to me. That's that follow through, man. It's a beautiful follow through. That's Ronald Acuna, baby. <laughs> well, he's. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't know his exact dimensions, but he looks pretty tall and lanky. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know that that's a, he's class twenty twenty five, right? So yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I guess he's he's considered one of the more highly ranked players from that class. So it would be nice to, as you said, Raj. I think we we were discussing, and I think the only I think Christian Santana may have been a top ten. Uh, considered a top 10 international prospect and Javier Osorio might have been as well, or at least top 15, top 20, but they really haven't been as, as far back as I can remember, haven't been tied to anybody in like a top five and, and he's got a chance to. So they look malnourished next to this guy. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, I, this, this swing looks a little steep to me, but I'm not, uh, I mean, you know, you see him, like, he's got a lot of whip in it. So yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, um, that's the thing about like, I, yeah, like you said, the, right now. the uh, you know the Tigers Torquemore, uh, you know they they were all over the international signing stuff, and it's just uh, it's something that you know you try to follow, but I, I it's hard to care that much, unfortunately. You know, it's just given the Tigers' track record and, and even the track record of good good organizations, you don't really see these guys for three four years tops, um, and then they're, if they're really good, you see them in like six years in the big leagues. It's just it's tough. I was gonna, yeah. there, there easily could be another presidential election. Before he gets here, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. just this one, the yeah, next the one, twenty twenty eight. Yeah, you're talking about guys who are like these are guys who might not you know, if they reach the majors, it might be twenty thirty. Yeah, and one of those things too, where it, it, we had to do. So I, I I went around a lot of Instagram accounts, and this is where I'm not trying to sound my put my age here because that's not what I'm trying to. Well, it sounds like I am, but it's. It was very doing a lot of Instagram digging around for information on these guys because I mean I can read Spanish pretty well, so a lot of it was just easy translation. And a lot some of these players have been around or in camp since November. So Yeah, well the the big guy that they signed this year, Nestor Miranda, was he's he could have been signed last year apparently, but they didn't I guess he just held out for more money or waited to the next year for for a bigger uh, deal. So and that was like we found a picture of him from 
I, I don't know when it was, but we posted it in early December wearing all Detroit Tigers gear. So yeah, these, these are not necessarily, uh, you know, secrets here. And that's the thing. I think two years ago or two signing periods ago, uh, I spent a day or two just kind of roaming around looking at pictures and videos on various uh, Dominican Academy pages on, on Instagram and found a couple of guys, the Tigers were, were, you know, were, they were wearing Tigers gear. I'm like, okay, who's this? And yeah, sure enough, they were signed. They were announced to sign a couple of weeks later. So if anybody feels like doing that sort of sleuthing, you can. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, and ultimately, I'm not sure it's worth, the juice is worth the squeeze, if you will. Uh, a lot of these guys won't even make, make it to the States. So I just posted these signings in YouTube to find the copy and paste job. There was terrible, but um, well, like Tigers Torquemile had that first, right? But also, I think Joe Doyle had it too, right? Chris, well, Chris Rodriguez. I, uh, yeah, I mean, they mentioned it before uh, he did, and then he, I think, mentioned and had you know video and said, hey, he also added the fact that he's one of the top, you know, considered one of the top players in twenty twenty five. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's good on them, uh, the local guys. Uh, so I um. I don't know. I mean, it's exciting, obviously, but like, I just, I, again, I, I go back to, uh, you know, we're waiting. This is like year six of Adenso Reyes and Jose de la Cruz, <laughs> who were like the big signings. Uh, you know, Roberto Campos, uh, we've been up and down on him. Uh, he's still, you know, considered a pretty good prospect. Christian Santana is coming off two straight years where he hasn't hit for any average at all. Um, so it's, it's just hard to get excited about these guys uh, who haven't even played yet. Um, but as I was saying to Roger earlier, like, you know, you, you never know every, every year you could end up with somebody who just explodes. You know, you mentioned Acuna. He was not a a huge signing. Fernando right. Tatis Jr. Was not a huge signing. He was like the 30th ranked player. Uh, a lot of these guys didn't get huge bonuses. They just, uh, you know, kind of, well, who is it? Uh, Yuri Perez came from nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, is in the big leagues at 19 or 20 and, uh, just sometimes you just gotta get lucky. It's kind of wild that the Tigers haven't gotten lucky. Yeah. Um, in like twenty years, I mean that the the only real success they had on the international front was like a small five six year period there from like two thousand seven to two thousand thirteen or so, when they ended up getting Suarez and Adamas and Garcia and Soto. Hernan Perez. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but only yeah Hernan Perez. But only I mean Soto was the only one who did anything for the Tigers. So. I don't know. Yeah, and I give I give a lot of credit to the best scout the Tigers ever had internationally. That's Ramon Pena, who, at, who, at, who you, all those players, some of those majority of those players you just mentioned have Pena's name all over it. They also he, he also signed like Higginson. And, or, yeah, they signed yeah. Bobby Higginson too. Fun fact. Yeah, that's so. There is a, a lot of guys who I mean, you owe a lot of the credit to. He also I think um, there was another Willie Castro. Yeah, uh, uh, Josh Riggins, I'm not sure, maybe not him, but I know with Willie Castro with Cleveland, because when he got called up to Detroit, they had a special day. They He was in town, and they, and they did something for him. I can't remember exactly what it was, but Ramon Pena is a G. So if, if you want to know how the Tigers got really well internationally, thank Ramon Pena, because that guy deserves the tip of the cap. And uh, we have a friend of the show, Eddie, Eddie Bajak, who's given us some really good data that we're going to be dropping on here. So uh, about the Tigers history with international signings, what have you. So it's going to be, I, I think, yeah. I mean, the, the, there's some interesting stories. There's Ramondo Lau, who is uh, the first Chinese Venezuelan. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and, and a fascinating story. That was another one that, that 
like really sad. You know, his father was killed in in a riot, I believe. Um, yeah, I mean, he he's a was a catcher, but they sent him for three hundred thousand, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you you pull for a guy like that, right? Just because of the background, but uh, all these guys probably have some rough backgrounds. It's you know, life's not necessarily great in most parts of Venezuela and the Dominican Republic. Yeah, the Tigers also signed an Australian. Yeah, yeah, Australian Jack Bushel, who it just seems like it's funny because it does it does seem like a very Australian name, Jack yeah. Bushel, like just very. From and then the there, was, there was another one too. Uh, a kid I liked too was the Ronald Ronald uh, Ramirez signing too. There was a signing from Cuba too. There was a, uh, that wasn't announced, but he, I think we put something out there on Twitter about it. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, he signed back in November. So there's a infielder prospect. Well, that would, yeah, if that was back in November, that would have been part of last year's signing class, I guess. Uh, which is one of those things that they can sign all the way from 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 now until December 15th, I think, till a month before the next year's signing class. So any, you know, that they, they we may see somebody sign in July that they like and want to get fifteen thousand dollars to, or maybe they have fifty grand left. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, what they, they I think seventeen guys overall they took this this yep. time. So and far, another one, another one too looked promising was Jose Dickerson. It's just because he I, just looked it just I don't know, he looked yeah. like a shortstop. That's all I say that for. Well, there were there were two. Baseball America did I think a ranking of a hundred, but they do their rankings based on uh, bonuses given out now rather than like hey this is who we think is the most talented. Just because I think both ways are probably just as random. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, it's funny. There's a couple of times I've seen Lynn Henning uh, and, you know, we, we like Lynn Henning around here. He's done, he does many things. And one of the things he's very good at is, is uh, getting Tigers fans to talk and, and argue about stuff. And nobody really cares about this. This uh, he's made this point a couple of times, but I, it, I was like, huh, I'm going to write about that is, is he, he's talked about how if the international draft had been in place over these last 10 years, the Tigers would be much farther along in their rebuild. And uh, I don't think that's true at all. I, I think, I mean, it's possible that if, you know, the way it's structured right now is there are like four different tiers for how much money teams have to give to the international prospects. And I think if they had an international draft, it would probably be more like the regular draft where the team picking first has significantly more money than the p- team pitching, uh, picking like 10th and then, you know, much more than 20th and so forth. But I went back and looked at all the players, uh, you know, on MLB pipeline has international player rankings too, going back, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years. And you can go back and look at the players they had ranked at every spot where the tigers would be drafting. And and none of them became anything like the, the number one player in the year that they took, uh, took Casey Mize, the number one international guy was Victor, Victor Mesa, who's been a huge bust. Yeah. Um, and so it, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to have those picks and have that money, but it ultimately still comes down to scouting and development and and getting lucky. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know, but I I thought I should dig into that some more and write about it. But nobody else seemed to care that much. I I, I care. I've done well, some. I I've, done, I've done some. I did a couple articles on the international draft classes before and the lack of Tiger success, and the Tigers have been able to be competitive without much real wins there, if you will. I mean, outside of Omar Infante, Roberto. I'm um, sorry. I was thinking Roberto Clemente for something else. Woo. Uh, Ramon, Ramon Santiago. It's been and even when you talk about the pitchers too, where the Tigers for a while were just getting nothing but big relievers that were able to contribute. Then yeah, it's, it is a, 
the reason why I think these international kids, you see them, they're they're kids. I mean, the, I think the scouting, the hardest job it, to me, it, it, when you look at scouting, is international scouting. I mean, not to say that in at least at college here, you you understand how the funnel works, you understand how all that happens, but you have handlers in the in, in international side of things. You have mm-hmm. circumstances that are beyond. They're nothing normal. Nothing would an average kid may appear to be normal here. So, plus you have a language barrier, the stress of that, and learning a new language. There's culture. a lot. The culture. It's a culture shock thing too. And, you know, I do think. Okay. Oh, I was just say that the, the one other aspect of it is is uh, you just you got to be able to play that game. I think, and I don't know if the Tigers are willing or capable of doing that. Like, there's a reason like the the number one player in each of the last two classes has gone to San Diego. They're doing something right down there, whether, you know, greasing the right palms, talking to the right people, or just being down there in, in, in greater force and, and having the relationships. But, you know, they go and land Ethan Salas, who's like a top 10 prospect in baseball after one year. And then this year they got the, the top prospect in was Leonardo DeVries or something like that. Uh, so you got to do that, too. And maybe the Tigers are starting to do that with this, uh, you know, Chris Rodriguez kid. Uh, that would be a nice sign. But uh, we'll see. We have to wait another year to find out where he ranks. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, with the international draft, it all comes down to saving money for the owners, right? I mean, they will pay these kids way less money. I think they're on the international market, they're far better off being able to market themselves and get the best deal they can from the team they want to go to. And I think one thing that has always been a cautionary tale to me is when they folded Puerto Rico into the MLB draft, it nope. really put a hurting on amateur baseball in Puerto Rico. They turn out far fewer players now than they did prior to that. And it's because teams took their academies out of there, by and large, because they didn't want to develop players for other teams, basically, who get drafted away from them, and which makes total sense, really. So that's why I've always been a little worried about the international draft. I mean, will, will these Dominican academies dry up? That kind of thing, you know. Uh, so I think they really got to be careful what they do. But again, if they do implement the international draft, it's solely to save money, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and they already got a huge concession from the players union uh, two CBAs ago, right? When they instituted the, the hard slotting system. Yeah. I mean, before that, it used to be the Wild West in international spinning. It was great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't great for the Tigers because they didn't participate, but it, the Dodgers would spend $75, $80 million a year and pay, pay huge taxes to go mm-hmm. out and sign all the big names they could. And uh, God bless those wrong. teenagers from Venezuela who put the money in their pocket. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, talk about life-changing money for these yeah. kids. Like it, All of these deals are pretty much life-changing money for them. So, yeah, it, it's great. But, yeah, it's, it's – and unfortunately, because we've seen it time and time again, these guys are not parts of any union yet their rights and whatever their futures are basically bargained for by the, the MLB players union and the owners. They just, you know, use them as trade, you know, bargaining chips and players are happy to give away some, some of their rights to get, you know, we used to talk about what an extra seat on the bus or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think things have maybe getting better over the last couple of years with the minor league union and stuff, but still it's uh, it's not ideal. And I don't think an international draft is, is going to really help all that much. Yeah. I don't think so either. And I mean, there was a good point that brought up about labor too, about in terms of labor costs and all that. There's, I mean, for example, the reason why the Washington centers were so ahead of the international game 
back then is because a lot of those players were cheap and Clark Griffin was a, a notorious cheapskate. So yeah. And oh, and Michael makes a good point here. They also get the managers out of the system, take a piece and pump the kids with drugs. The handlers. Yeah. The whole handler situation. So, so messed going, up. right. It's going to be. Going the thing is, though, you're still. I mean, Major League Baseball is trying to get down there and trying to. You know, these are all Major League Baseball affiliated events and stuff like that. But there's, you're still seeing kids. These kids go off to academies at nine, ten, eleven years old to basically start their internship or their apprenticeship to becoming professional base, baseball players. So, I don't know. You know, I don't think the draft is necessarily going to, uh, you know, help that much. It, it may create more of a, a base level for the sort of how what kind of uh, standards they want for the academies themselves like hey you need to have this amount of you know learning and this amount of, of training and this kind of nutrition and stuff but I just I don't think it's ever going to be terribly uh, beneficial to the kids down there overall no I and again I mean this is the last international thing we'll get and we'll get into there's a couple of questions in there if we see, if, look, if the Tigers somehow, with the prospect starts a season, of an international signing within the last year or two starts a season at Lakeland or West Michigan, then you immediately get excited for that because it doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. And so yeah. there was a couple of pitchers last year who I thought maybe may, might make the jump up to West Michigan or even Lakeland for that matter. It didn't really happen. So... Yeah, but the yeah, I mean, go ahead. Well, we saw Carlos Marcano two years ago start uh, in Lakeland as an 18 year old and, and stay there all year, and then he repeated last year as a 19 year old, and, and he'd probably go back this year as a 20 uh, year old, but uh, that's still good. And Kristen Santana two years ago started in, in Lakeland, and then uh, Roberto Campos moved up to West Michigan last year as a 20 year old. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think we're assuming that Josue Brasenio is going to start in Lakeland this year because he, he had an awfully good professional debut and got a taste of high or a ball and, and seemed to do well. So that's kind of the latest guy we're slightly, you know, optimistic about, but it takes more than, you know, we've seen, I've seen it before. Basically I've seen the success in the, in the complex league and then it not translate to uh, a full season ball. So we'll have to wait and see. So uh, speaking of prospects, we continue on real quick in baseball, top baseball America's top 100 last year. The Tigers have one top, a top one prospect in the top 100 this year. They have four Max Clark at number 19, Jackson Job at number 20. And he was also named the second best right-handed pitcher according to Emily pipeline. I outside of Paul Skeens. number 28 was Cole Keith and coming at number 81 was Jace young. So the, in terms of stand, I will, we'll get the baseball prospectus top 100. Chris, do you have that on there uh, available? I, I, I I, I'll pull it up real quick. The, they had five in the baseball prospectus top uh, 100. Uh, roughly saying, the same. Yeah. Saying yeah. something. But, you know, either in terms of like the first team, all MLB team, and did not make the top 100 prospect list, Malloy was named to the all MLB uh, minor league team, second team, and wasn't on the list. You know what? The I expect Kevin McGonagall, by the way, Tyler – Talking about Kevin McGonagall being a top, uh, some list man at top 100. I mean, he's the top to me by the end of spring. He, or, yeah. It's gonna be quicker than that. He's he's gonna he he showed a lot to me last year. But the answer to Stan's question, 
it is just a really it could be an age thing too because justice is a little older but it's so subjective when it comes and it's a small sample size as somebody mentioned there too i mean big b just started hitting over the last year and a half in terms of really hitting the ball and prior to that wasn't really just it was a, another fourth outfielder or type in the tiger system so i think for his age he that's really I think it's he gets hurt by age a little bit, but it also you think about some of the like the Brewers have the uh, I don't know I'm drawing a blank on the kid's name now all of a sudden. Jurio. Jurio. There's other systems out there that are way deeper and they have some talent. So look, I I, I don't I hey, look I'll take four or in this or baseball prospectus case five prospects in the top 100. That's progress. Right, but- I've got the the baseball prospectus top one on one here. Okay. Uh, Jackson Job comes in at seventeen, Colt Keith twenty two, Max Clark twenty four, Jace Young sixty six, and Kevin Magano seventy nine. So yes. And where's Marcelo Meyer? Um, oh, all right. Let me look. Um, Meyer. Uh, let's see. I, I filtered for oh, Detroit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Detroit. Meyer. I think he's is- in the 30s. 32, according yeah. to Prospectus. He's still in the top 20, according to... I think he's still ahead of Job, according to Baseball America, but it's close. <laughs> uh, let's see, where is he? Yeah, he's four, He's still 14 to Baseball America. They're, I guess they're chalking up all of last year to injury. And I'm, still gonna, 20, right? I'm still waiting for... Oh, you know what's going to happen, too? We're still going to get those jackasses on social media when Meyer has a good game and Job struggles. <laughs> and post. I, so you probably does want to see we, the world burn. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> mentioned. Well, we can, we can talk a little bit more about um, the baseball America. Not only do they have the, both sites have awesome, you know, if you, if you can subscribe, you should, they both uh, have awesome supplemental information too. In, in, in addition to just the list and baseball America had the guys who just missed and Malloy and Madden were both in the, among the 15 names who just missed. So you can yep. count them as top 115 prospects if you want. And they also mentioned that uh, Parker Meadows and McGonagall got votes. So they're probably top 150 prospects to, to Baseball America. So you're talking eight eight prospects in the top 150. That's not bad. Um, not bad at all. And then and then Jeff Ponce, a uh, friend of the show, wrote his favorite article, he says, of the year, which is the best stuff among the pitchers in, uh, in the top 100. And he had Job down for both his slider and his changeup as a – you know, you know, really outstanding stuff. And he even wrote, like, I wonder if Tigers fans are still upset about the Marcelo Meyer, about, you know, <laughs> about that pick. And, yeah, it's wild because, as we point out, like, you know, Job sits 96, 97, will touch 98, and uh, his fastball is his third best pitch, possibly his fourth if you really like his cutter. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot to be excited about there. You just got to keep him healthy and get him to the big leagues. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, I only wanted the play no. because I haven't I haven't played that in a while. Go ahead, Chris. Well, and on the Malloy and Bigby thing, I, I think um, you know I think the minor league uh, awards are basically given by performance, right? Mm-hmm. And prospect lists aren't performance uh, matters, but there a lot of it is is more about tools and projection too. So, um, and some of it is like you know White Langford probably would have been. You know, an outfielder if he had been able to play the entire season, but he wasn't. He was drafted and then had a monster 35, 40 games or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think Bigby 
is just outside. When we talked to JJ Cooper, I think he said he's just outside the Tigers' top ten, so he's probably somewhere in the top, you know, 12, 14. Um, now I, I will say this one other thing, and I've kind of hinted at this or, or previewed us uh, in, in private chats. Uh, the other day we were talking about, you know, I, I got to thinking that Bigby and Malloy and Kerry Carpenter are all sort of similar as kind of fringy defenders in a corner outfield, um, but they all also have one kind of borderline unique uh, unique elite skill as offensive players. You know, Carpenter was power. In 2022, he had the highest isolated power of anybody in minor league baseball with at least 400 plate appearances. And with Bigby, it's, it's hitting for average. He was second or third in, in all of minor league baseball in terms of average last year. And with Malloy, it's on-base skills. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just was getting curious, and I'm in the middle of a research project now. I'm kind of wondering which one of those is best to have, which one of those elite skills in the minors translates best to the big leagues. And uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm working on that. I don't know how long it's going to take me. I'm going through about 1,200 names right now. But uh, early early on, oddly enough, uh, and I, I, this is kind of counterintuitive to me, that the walk rate guys do not do well, unfortunately. So that might not be great news for, for Malloy. There are a lot of guys throughout the last 20 years who walk at a 15 20% clip and get to the majors and can't hit at all. So uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that you know, eventually comes out. Not everybody's Kevin Euclid, right? Yeah, there's a lot of Kila Kaiuas and uh, guys like that. That uh, I don't, some of the names would would crack you up. You're like, oh wow, I kind of remember that guy. And I think people were excited just because he walked, and then he couldn't hit at all. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe Michael, that's why he walked so much. Maybe Michael Gerber comes to mind. Cal Orr comes to mind when it comes to that too. Maybe. Well, no, those guys, those guys never walked. These are guys who walk all the time, and it's like that's like their only skill. Why I thought that Cal Orr didn't walk all the time. No, Kale Org, that was his main thing is he couldn't hit. He 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 was a Oh, that's what it was. He was fast, a he couldn't hit. hit so <laughs> he's fast, powerful, great defender, couldn't stop striking out or hit. So but yeah. anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so a couple other things too I just wanted to get to as far as the prospect side of things go. We've been so we we just released these 60 second minor league overuse over our YouTube channel on the minor league side. So YouTube short. So we'll have, we'll have Dylan Smith coming out. We're going to have Seth Stevenson. There's going to be a couple others who are dropping. So expect a flurry of that this weekend. Uh, but as far as the uh, rest of the MLB news is concerned, kind of looking around, there's been rumors about the Astros and Josh Hader has been tied. The, the MLB has been, by the way, MLB networks been put out these top 10, uh, top 10, lists and i think and and chris said it the best and then you bro i want to get your thoughts about this too they are really i think they're just trolling they're trolling the fans for uh, opinion so for example on second baseman ozzy ozzy uh all these yeah i was gonna say all these too ozzy all these was not rated as one of the top second basemen (laughs) really i mean how the mighty is falling not in the top 10 say that to anybody Say it to somebody. <laughs> you know, MLB Network is it's it's great to have it. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm happy it's there, and I've enjoyed at times watching it when they have certain people on. Well, you know, I I'm convinced to this day, a lot of the ex players they have are good names, but they don't know a ton. I mean, more than a lot of people, they're ex they were excellent ball players. That doesn't mean they know everything. And some of the producers that put together some of their lists, have, it's been laughable over the years. That's not the first time something really weird has happened. 
and again, they do good work too. I mean, some of the, you know, when they have, when they have Jim Callis on or, you know, uh, those kind of guys covering the draft and a few other things, it's great, but it's, it's very hit or miss on that network. Yeah. And, and, you know, Mike Petriello, I think kind of does, does his own to coincide. And those are obviously tend to be very good because he's, you know, thoughtful and, and good at this stuff, but I do. Yeah. My, my contention, I don't know if it's necessarily trolling, but I, I think like if you put out like a great top 10 list, which is not that hard, come on now. Uh, I don't think it gets talked about as much as if, uh, uh, you know, as, as, as a list that leaves out a very obvious candidate, people go, what the hell? And then <laughs> suddenly they share it and everybody's looking and they share and then it will be just like, you know, laughs in the corner i think it's i think it's content yeah i mean I, it'd be funny if they all the lists have some sort of influence by harold reynolds because do you can tell <laughs> yeah, it's just like best second baseman in the 80s well of course i'm on there i mean yeah. you know because i was but you know it, it's i don't really the only person that really bothers me when they speak a lot is harold reynolds because sometimes it's just he doesn't do any prep it's just like it's just a good old boy like he just it's like just kind of i don't know it's just let me and he i'm stuttering over right. he thinks he's right but also he thinks he's right here's, continually here's what i think it is too about harold reynolds that drives me nuts watching him sometimes is not doing well he mentioned not doing his homework it's almost like he's watching a different game like, where did you pull that opinion from? <laughs> and that's where sometimes I, I just go, what? It, it, you know, if you're interviewing a player, you should do a little. I mean, he does a little, barely any prep unless he gets a sheet thrown at him right second. Like he, he will have a preconceived notion, I think. And no matter what has happened during that game that they're talking about, he will bend his opinion toward his preconceived. He won't deviate off of that ever. <laughs> so he'll, he will, he will just stick with it. Uh, like and that's yeah, well, you know, and I always say that my old saying is, and Harold is perfect for this, uh, seldom right, but never uncertain. Right? He, he doesn't, he's not right too often, but he's damn sure he's right. No, you know, I enjoy, like when Pedro Martinez is on there, it's always really fun. It, it, yes. it gets, uh, I don't know if there's the, have you seen the clip where he just straight up swears and tells, uh, says the umpires don't know what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, that's what it gets. When Pedro's on there, it gets uh, you know you get some glimpses of like the NBA on TNT, right? Like with the, the chemistry and the the fun stuff that they have there. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's kind of empty suits. Um, I don't know, and I still I, like to this day I don't understand why they don't dedicate like a two hour block on Sundays or Saturdays to minor league highlights or games. You know, they show some occasionally, but they should be a weekly show with minor league highlights. Uh, you know, pumping up their prospects. Not that hard. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and, and and they do that instead of showing the naked gun or, you know, they show these random movies every Sunday night. It's like Mr. 3000. Or it's like, come on, get out of here. You show some minor league stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm expecting Leonard ghost dad or either like a Bill Cosby movie at some point, like Leonard part six or something that, <laughs> that happened. And Tyler makes a good point too, that I, I completely forgot about which is when he was on baseball tonight he was he was good on baseball tonight he was but also i think it's because and i give a lot of credit to really espn's carl ravage carl ravage is one of the best oh yeah and carl ravage he's like the stockton to malone he can make you look good no matter what so oh look at at jet online look at jet jet you can you know 
there was a good decade there or decade plus 15 years maybe even where baseball tonight was like to go to you know before mlb network i would watch baseball tonight every night no and, you know be P- peter gammons uh when he was still you know relatively spry uh yeah it was the place to go for highlights in baseball and you know things change and i thought harold reynolds did he get let go by espn because of like a sexual harassment claim i yes. thought that there was some some yeah, yeah. it's not great couple lawsuits there yeah. And then they, and then they also had uh, was it uh, or they end up with Steve Phillips because of the sexual harassment at the Mets, I believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. Yeah, you know, no. Baseball guys. Stan Stan is correct in terms of why questions about prospects still in the minors, but they can do highlights. I mean, they're doing a showcase coming up. There, there's nothing wrong with doing like a, a highlight show because if they did a highlight show, there you can literally it, it, it by like they have those highlight shows where. They'll have some. I forgot the host's name. There's there's been a couple of various females hosts that does it where, yeah, that just shows the just shows highlights. You could do the same print, the same thing. You could do that literally what we do on yeah. Twitter, just the best. Yeah, kind exactly. Of and and except there are uh, five times as many games every night in the minors. So you're gonna have you you could fill an hour every week with just highlight clips yeah. uh, from all over minor league baseball. Um, it would be. A little bit, you know, tough to produce, but uh, you know, people would tweet at you all the time, right? And be like, "Hey, look at it. check out this play." I mean, we we see the Whitecaps do it, we see Erie do it. Like, hey, that's a Sports Center top ten nominee, and oftentimes they get in there. Yeah. So, Lyle Lockhart's you know. uh, played in Akron. What he, I saw that play right. live, the, the diving catch and the double play. Yeah, that was one of I when I, I when I was watching the game happen. The, the the person I was watching the game with were just like, "What just? Ha- what just?" Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. Well, yeah, couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, with the the people in the and the you know Stando and, and Deadly Ninja Bees, they're they're talking about uh, you know that the baseball doesn't want to pump these guys up or whatever, but they still they have like the prospect shows for them. They're they're not pretending to not know about these guys. They they have shows. They they televise the draft. They do all this, and then they just kind of leave them alone. It's uh, know, it just feels like a mis- Feels like a missed opportunity to me. I, I like. I'm sure that you know. I'm in a, a niche here that I actually care that much about minor league baseball. I'm sure a lot of baseball fans don't, but I think there's enough people who do that they would like that. Um, so that's just my two cents on that. Dead, dead. This is the garbage you me. That's what they do. Oh, they play a lot of dog. Mad Dog downplaying the prospects. But Connor, thank you for the kind words. So you know and I, although i do have a question for the people in the audience and so i'll ask jed this question too because he jed's in the uk so premier league is going on right now soccer across the world i'm curious are the u18 like for example in international countries u18 team u18 teams get significant coverage here it's barely noticeable so i'm kind of weird i'm just kind of curious in other sports I mean, the G League is one thing, but the G League gets prop. G League gets some props in the NBA, NFL. There's not really. I mean, it's college football, so that's basically it on that. But as far as, I mean, junior junior hockey to me is big. I mean, in certain markets and you promoted not so much the AHL thing, but um, I think I think MLB is not playing it right. So um. You know, I, I don't. I, I I think there's because the way the game. I mean, maybe before when the, the prospect game wasn't as, I guess, big big time stars coming out quicker, but you're getting younger and better. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, soccer slash football, I think it's just a completely different animal altogether where, you know, especially when you have like promotion and relegation. Um, what was it? Was it Leicester City that w- went from the second league to the championship league and then made it to the a couple of years later, made it to the Premier League and then won the whole damn thing, which yeah, is great. Like that's that's yeah. nuts. Um, so that sort of stuff. And, and you just have these teams that are these these little communities that are dedicated to teams no matter what. And they have a chance. They theoretically could if everything goes right get promoted and, and that'd be awesome if the mud hens, you know, get promoted <laughs> to the big leagues, but it just doesn't work that way. I, I went to, when I was, I went was in London, there wasn't, you know, it was off season, but I got to see a game at the Queen, Queen, Queen's Park Rangers. I think it's called QPR. Oh, really? That's awesome. Uh, it was a game between Nigeria and Jamaica for the unity cup. And then a fight broke out. <laughs> just like, like a borderline riot. It was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so it's just a different animal over there. But I don't know, just some coverage, right? Some minor league coverage. I, I, it, it, it's a lot better now than it was 20 years ago, right? Where you said, Roger used to read the paper just to see the, that's all all you could find. And, uh, you know, the internet wasn't around, but uh, it just feels like it's a, it's a missed opportunity, I think, for Major League Baseball. I mean, by the way, as far as if anybody's curious if I, so Jed, to answer the question here, Different kind of soccer because there's a hundred teams that are in lower leagues that are not affiliated, individual teams and communities with their own youth systems, etc. Okay. But by the way, I'm a big fan of the Wandering Wolves. That's my team. Because I is that Wolverhampton? No, who is that? Yeah, Wolf, that's Wolverton. Yeah. Wolver, yeah, correct. They um that's I I, I didn't want to pick a front runner team. I, I wanted a team that I love and I love the wolf. I love wolves logos, whatever. I love their jersey scheme. It's cool yellow and black. So I picked yeah. Newcastle back in the nineties cause I liked the beer, <laughs> um, nice. and I, but then I've never really paid much attention. I think they're actually solid now cause they got a bunch of Saudi money. I think <laughs> so. I was like, ah, well that doesn't count. I wanted them to have like Newcastle beer money, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's the, uh, by the way, the, it, it, at one point too, the, there's a sweet, sweet logo, the Detroit Cougars or soccer team in the sixties. That was, they had like a parent club in France. So the, a lot of these other teams had it. So the Wolves had Wolves USA and LA had the Wolves in England and so on and so forth. But anyway, I can nerd out a little bit. I got nerd out with soccer, but anyway, yeah, I was just kind of curious how it worked on, on that. So, but the, in, Oh, so dusty. So there was another thing I wanted to get to before we get out of here. Um, I feel like there's, was there something <laughs> talk, talk to we we talked prospect rankings. We talked international yep. prospects. Oh, the Blue Jays, by the way, oh. signed the Blue Jays signed Cuban pitcher Yariel Rodriguez ah, to yeah. a deal. So I did like that idea. Uh, I liked that idea quite a bit for the Jays. He could be a swing guy, and and that's a really good move for Toronto. Walter, I do remember Walter Detroit Rocker soccer. Walter asked if anybody here remembers Detroit Rocker soccer. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember. In fact, I Andy played Chad. travel soccer. I played travel soccer when in the early nineties. And we had some Rockers players come and like scrimmage with us, which was kind of fun. Um, hmm. But then I quit to to drink, and you know, <laughs> as you do when you're 13, 14. Um, but yeah, you know, I was just talking with my friend the other day. Again, this is completely uh, off the rails here, but but that kind of indoor soccer doesn't seem to exist much anymore. Which I played a ton when I was uh, in my early teens, hmm. where like it was basically soccer on a hockey rink. You know, like with yeah. the boards and line changes and, and all that stuff. And now kids 
they're just giant domes and they play indoor soccer. It's just regular soccer inside. But yes, the Detroit Rockers, that was that was fun. Fast paced. Yeah. Um but anyway, um yeah, Yariel Rodriguez, I know he was a guy that you were uh, into ever since the uh, World Baseball Classic and it's cool to see him sign in Toronto. Um, they haven't made a ton of moves, so they need something there. It'll be interesting to see if they use him as a reliever or as a starter. By the way, the Detroit Neon, too, was it? They went from the Rockers to the Neon to the Safari. <laughs> and then Neon was just because they were sponsored by Dodge when the Dodge Neon came out. Nice. Uh, yeah. Walter asked what team I play for. I, I was actually, I, I believe I was sponsored by Mike Illich. We were, we were in Little Caesars League Soccer. So nice. Uh, I don't remember. We were the, the Brighton Express or something like that. I don't know. I, like I said, I I quit like three months in to go drink. It's probably the the, the right decision. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to end up where. As far as like, I play I played soccer in high school too. I played for two years. I played my freshman year and I played my senior year. And then I played a bunch of indoor with my friends. In fact, I actually played in an alumni soccer game this year. My high school had some sort of thing going on, and wow, yeah, I. Yeah, it was a it was interesting because I haven't played. You can play different positions. And I got to play goalie, and I understand why people don't want to play goalie because holy cow, like real, it just the ball's coming at you so fast. I don't know how anybody does it. So props to anybody who can play goalie. And I'm trying to find a picture of my soccer days because there's a, there's a picture of me floating around the internet somewhere of me in a polyester jersey circa 1995. A polyester soccer jersey. Yes, that was a thing that existed, folks. And but anyway, yeah. no. Jet, Jet said every American I've ever spoken to has played some kind of soccer, but it's never really took off over there. The the other four sports just too popular. I think, I think that's largely it. I, I think uh, every the, like youth soccer is crazy popular over here, but I also don't think. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. There's a lot of travel soccer at a young age and stuff like that, and I, I think that. Um. I'd love to see more good soccer players come out, you know, come from America and go out and play in, in the Premier League in Germany and, you know, Spain, all that stuff. But, yeah, I, I think that our best athletes tend to gravitate toward football and basketball. Um, the problem with travel sports, and I think, it, that, you know, Gino Ariema has talked about it in basketball. And I wouldn't doubt, and I know it's a problem in baseball. As an umpire, I can see it. And I wonder if it's the same in soccer. Those kids never practice. Too many games, not enough practice. Too many games. Right? Yeah. And their skill level never really the, the finer points of their skill level never really get sharp, in my opinion. I can uh, tell you that much. Playing. They never no, practice. No, they never you know what? This is my team. This is my freshman year in high school. Because I end up going across players country. on a team. Yeah. So I was right there. That's me on the bottom next to this gentleman right here. Yeah, polyester jerseys, polyester seventies jerseys. Nice. Anyway, the I I end up going I end up going to cross country where I was I did a lot better and we didn't have a cross country team my freshman year. So anyway, yeah, that's my uh, trip down memory lane. <laughs> those Umbro shorts, yeah, Walter. Those were those were the Umbro. yeah those were awesome. Yeah, the, the Adidas Samba shoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if uh, just to bring it back to baseball. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw the Mike Petriello did a, a nice article about Tarek Skubal, uh, like five six days ago actually at this point now about him being possibly the best pitcher in baseball, which was kind of fun. Uh, but I didn't see it get like a lot of traction on online. So if you should, if you're interested in reading that, you should because he he goes through. It's not 
news to Tigers fans, really, but he goes through and, and points out that, you know, how, how good all his underlying data was and, mm-hmm. and how, uh, you know, how dominant he could be this year. <laughs> really, all he's, what do we need from him, right? Longevity. I mean, we just need yep. him to be healthy and stick around and uh, 28, 30 starts and see what, see what he has. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the one the one thing that's encouraging me before we get out of here is the Tigers. I will say this, that if the Tigers have done one thing over the last few seasons has proven with their pitching development that whatever the rotation is going to be, it's going to be somewhat serviceable. And as long as they have arms, they can work with like that. And so I'm not saying they're going to turn every arm into a two war player or whatever the or just a contributor but yeah if 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 you can stay standing and not you know like when when scoobles scoobles fastball when he can when he can go north to south it's the thing of beauty because yeah. it really really it, to me when he it can attack the zone north to south using that between the change up and his fastball and his slider it's like it's master class and the Tigers haven't really had a lefty like that in my lifetime. That I can remember, like you know, just to go up like that. So, if if you can go out there and you know, this is the last year. Enjoy the arbitration two million dollar salary, folks, because if he goes back out there and does what Jed said, which is put a sub three RA up there, the Tigers are going to win the Central pretty easily. With that. <laughs> well, you know, we've had a little bit of fun here and there, speculating about trading Scooble and what you get. It mainly because he's the only big talent who would be really super-duper marketable, right? Um, but I'm not anxious to see them trade him by any stretch. <laughs> I've never been that. It's yeah. more than fun. I am really just, again, I'll pound it down. Can he give them 180 innings plus? And can he you know, have that kind of production that we saw last year? It's really all that's left to see from him. We know the skill is there, and he, you know, he's so fun to watch. Um, uh, to me, that's... Probably in the top three things for this season, right? Is does Tarek School will become a legit ace, and it's within the realm of possibility. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things I, I don't think I realized, and Petrello mentioned in his article, is is that Scooble's September by OPS against was the second best month ever by a Tigers pitcher, <laughs> behind only Doug Fister's September in 2011. Scooble had a 367 OPS against uh, over 30 innings in in September. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, that was so he went four and zero with a point nine zero ERA, forty three strikeouts and four walks and thir- thirty innings, only fourteen hits. Um, now September, you know, is could be deceiving, but yeah, the, the the stuff is there. I think the demeanor's there. I've I've always kind of viewed him as is kind of like a Scherzer type mentality. I do wonder if we're going to start seeing a little bit more. It's you know. Because Scherzer wasn't insane on the mound, I think, until later on after he had really established himself. He, he didn't start going nuts and like you're snarling on the mound. And I think we may see that from Scooble soon. <laughs> Look, yeah, uh, before we get carried away, let me just let me preference this. A lot has to go, last to go right for the Tigers winning the division this year. Their offense, as old BK said, is correct. It is dog production. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's still, there's still many holes on the offense. I'm not. Before you try to say, you know, I'm gonna slap you about this. There's still a lot of work the Tigers need to do in order to get that. I mean, look, but, but here's the thing: the, the rest of the division hasn't done anything. They really hasn't. So that's 
it's an easy qualifier to, you know, like, here's the thing. If there's, there is a lot of unknowns, again, there's no guarantees. Bass is correct, but name another team that Central has done better to improve themselves and would go against, I mean, look, if the Tigers win a division, doesn't mean they're going to go to the World Series. doesn't mean anything. So, I mean, it, it, to me, it's just a, it, there is a, the offense is way too much of a variable and they don't have enough guys for power. So that, that being said, but it's not, it, this division. So it's dog shit. Division is dog shit. Sorry. I mean, well, there's, no other, say, there's well, no other way to uh, sugarcoat it. And the White Sox could still very conceivably move Dylan Cease and the Guardians could very conceivably move Bieber. You know, I mean, it could get weaker. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it does. A part of it, I, I, I still maintain, is part of it's the market. There just aren't the bats out there that can really help you that much. Um, you know, maybe there are some available via trade, but uh, but also part of it, I, I think the Tigers really are expecting significant growth from all their younger players, uh, and 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 significant contributions from their rookies. Uh, now that's probably not the wisest. Uh, you know, thing to expect because we know we've seen plenty of baseball. Some guys are going to regress. Some guys are going to get better. But um, yeah, I, I, I think it's arguably the the best route to take at this point, given the other hitters that are available. Um, and we talked about this ad nauseum. I think really, it's like you know they're just they're not going to make any other big additions to their offense. Uh, certainly not in free agency because there aren't really any big additions to make. I, I don't think they're in you know, on Cody Bellinger. I don't think they're. We've talked about JD Martinez. I don't think that's a possibility or a probability. So, Solaire is out there. Uh, you know, oops, <laughs> my guy. Uh, suggestion to go for a while back. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't hate it, but uh, it just doesn't seem like their plan. So no, it doesn't. Does not absolutely agree. It'd be stunning right now if they made a move at that level. They're more likely to get another guy on the uh, McKinstry level. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, maybe, uh, but. We'll see. We'll see. There's still, still time. We, uh, you know, we were last year. What was the big discussion last year about? Who, it was like, it was all about who's going to make the roster, and then they went and signed McKinstry or traded for McKinstry like the last week of spring training. Like, well, yeah. oh, there's a bat. There was a bat out there, wasn't there? I just I don't remember. It was like we were, we were all trying to figure out who was going to make the roster. Like it was, I don't remember who it was, but in the end, it was none of them. It was, it was McKinstry. So. Uh, yeah, and it wouldn't shock me at all if we see that sort of thing again, where somebody is, is forced out of one situation because they don't have playing time and the Tigers take advantage and make a small trade. Hernandez? Was that was that uh, the second baseman? Was it Cesar Hernandez? Is that right? That sounded from Yeah, that, yeah they, they, they cut him. Remember, he, 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 he got cut in camp. This, yeah. Yeah, good call. Yeah, that was right, because he was in camp when I got there. And uh, speaking of spring train, by the way, so yeah, that was that was from Stan. Stan yeah. pointed out it was Hernandez. So yeah, uh, their spring training schedule did come out too as well, and that's the pitchers and catchers report. I believe on the first game for the Tigers is the twenty fourth of February against the Yankees, and pitchers and catchers report around that. I believe around the nineteenth on that. So that's we plan on being out there. So we're we're trying to divide the again. With the donation, every again, 
the, the donations coming in that will, if we continue to get those, they'll be great. I'm actually gonna drive from Detroit to Lakeland and I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do. And Chris is going to head down there at some point, but that's, I, I got I found a place to stay and all that. So now I was just going to get down there. And of course, the more donations, the better. And the car's going to get a lot of miles this year. So like the, the car, I'm getting the car all springed up, if you will, just doing all the inspections, stuff like that. And I'll be driving solo to Lakeland in February. So we'll see how that goes. We'll stop at the Grand Ole Opry. It's not 75 South, but uh, no, it's, I don't know. I, I, again, whatever happens here in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll, you know, but the, and there's another question in there. Who will the guys, who you guys think will end up being the better player, Max Clark or Wyatt Lanford? Well, I mean, we just simply, we haven't seen enough of Max Clark. I mean, we're going on what yeah. he did in high school against Indiana high schoolers for the most part, but you know, he has the skill level. He, he put on displays on the showcase circuit every summer through his teenage years. Um, Langford is older. You know, if, if Wyatt Langford was 18 or 19 right now, you know, what, 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 where did he let, where, where was he at that stage? Right. Um, right now, Langford looks like he's well ahead and he should be. He, he was a major college player, got off to a hot start in the pros and that's great. Uh, but we won't know. I miss that's one of those unanswerable questions now for about three, four years, really. Yeah, yeah I mean that's going to be that one has replaced, I think, the uh, the Job versus Meyer uh, question. I, I, I mean, I think you're you're right to say we just we haven't seen enough of Clark to know he may end up being an absolute monster. Uh, but but based on what White Langford did in his yeah. pro debut, boy, <laughs> boy, he was awfully good. It's like. He was doing like Mike Trout level stuff. Uh, now he's, he's only played left field, so there's not going to be as much defensive value. I, we we're projecting my next Clark to, to center, but I'm just looking at these stats here real quick. Yeah, 44 games. He hit 360, 486, 77, <laughs> uh, one, 1157 OPS across four levels, made it up to AAA, 10 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 36 walks, 34 strikeouts in 44 games. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a chance that Langford ends up as, as like a, MVP level hitter, Chance Clark does too, right? It's just we've seen more from Langford already. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's he, too early to say. It, it's also minor leagues, right? We who knows? Yeah, they. By the way, when I watched Jackson Joe pitch last year in Double A, in his only Double A start, that was when if anybody watched that start, they would have just had to swallow their pride and go like they were. He, I think he just silenced everybody with that start. That was that was domination. Just go up there and do that. And so, uh, Harrison, by the way, thank you for the two hours. We appreciate it. Exquisite. It's our first exquisite of the 2024, isn't it? There you go. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so happy um, new yeah, year I mean, to you as well. Oh, we saw Job in person four times last year, four or five. And, and yeah. he had one rough outing against Fort Wayne where he gave up, I think, three home runs. But the rest of them, it was it was ridiculous. And we had the, the radar gun with the spin rate on it. And you're going like, dear God, like this yeah. is, it's nuts. <laughs> and he's not walking anybody and he's commanding four pitches. And yeah, it, it's it's kind of wild. I think we kind of, uh, maybe we don't, but I, I feel like maybe we under underappreciate the leap that he took in a single year from being a guy who had really, you know, interesting stuff, but wasn't necessarily a great pitcher. And, and it, to being a guy who's like, oh my God, like this is this is dangerously close to like a, a future ace. I um, so 
I still have I still have pictures of the radar screen of the radar of his spin rate on my phone. Yeah. Like so I remember because we were we were posting it on Twitter and I was just going the entire time just looking at my well, this is not the, just an example, but just like damn. Yeah. And I, look, yeah. you were I remember you were tracking the time and I you were you're writing them down, right, Chris? And then I was just going, yeah. yeah I'm like, well, I, I think we were tracking like, them, and then we took yeah. we took pictures of the radar gun and, and sent them into the Discord. And it was, you know, it's it's 3,100, 3,200 on the slider uh, at 85, 86 miles an hour. And the fastball is 96, 98. It's 25, mm-hmm. 2,600 spin rate. The cutter is like 2,800. The changeup's like 1,700. It's, it's um, yeah, the stuff is great. Just keep them, like, like, like you know, like said, keep them healthy, get them the bigs. Yeah, it's Tommy John's getting like a truck. All right. On that note, thank you so much for listening to uh, the live broadcast. Of course, you can find all our stuff over at TigersMLReport.com and part of the Believe Network. Check out all the great content. The Our guys over at uh, uh, the Bleachers guys are doing a really good job with the Lions coverage right now. So our friends over at Bleachers, the speakers, they're, they're doing God's work because they're also covering up the Pistons. And that's a brutal watch. And so, um, yeah, that's seriously. But the Lions stuff's been great. Again, thank you for the donation, Stan. You're the man. Thank you so much. And if there's a link, again, on the fundraiser side. So if you want to help us get to just help us for cost and everything, there's a PayPal link. And link out right here. We appreciate it. And, yeah, there's exciting times in the, the Motor City. Wings are doing well. Lions are playing this Sunday. And Uper's. Green Bay Packers are doing well. Hey, so, go Packers. Yeah, go Packers. Man. And, it'd be, and it'd go be pretty sweet. You know, it's interesting. Favre in the playoffs had the 49ers number, but he could never beat the Cowboys. Rodgers could beat the Cowboys, but he could never beat the 49ers. Now, love, hey, he took out the Cowboys. Maybe he can do it to both. We'll see. If we see, if we have a great look, look, I'm going to make a, I'll, I'll make a bet with you guys right now. I'll make a bet for everybody. Oh, by the way, the, I'm shipping out shirts and everything in the Ty Cobb giveaway tomorrow. So just a heads up on that. But I'll, I'll wager with you, Uper, here. If the Lions and Packers meet an NFC championship, I will wear I, I will wear some sort of Packer gear or like some sort of Packer gear throughout the podcast. Sure. Sounds something, good. Something we gotta yeah. I'll wear some Detroit gear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Do that. There's something. I just wear yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll We'll, we'll figure out the wages, but I have a lot of drink here. It's not lions, but yes, I'll figure something out. That'd yeah. be good. All you need is love. There let's, go. Hope they, let's hope they meet. That'd be amazing. That'd be yeah. fun. On that pun, we're out of here. Thank you. Thank you guys. Have a good night. That's a good pun. That's a good pun.